Welcome back, everyone, to the Visual Studio Mobile Developer Podcast. James, that name is just a little bit too long. You've been you've been telling me about it, it's just too long. So, what do you think? Do we go back calling it to the Xamarin Podcast? Yeah, I mean that's what it is, anyways, right? So let's do it. Back yeah. to the Xamarin Podcast. Back, back to the Xamarin Podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to the Xamarin Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest and greatest in mobile development for Xamarin developers covering the world of Xamarin.net, Azure, and more. I'm Matt Sokup, and I'm James Montemagno. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to be back to where we began, but we're not going to change the format or anything like that. But we've just been talking about Xamarin. .NET development, so that's the name now. That's going to be the name. The only thing that changes is the intro. Was it because maybe it was really hard to change the domain name? <laughs> <laughs> I think that was it. Yep. We didn't want to screw anything up with anything, so Xamarin Podcast. Makes it easy. Go to XamarinPodcast.com, and there's the Xamarin Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> done and done. <laughs> nice. Oh, it was a big, big week. Uh, we're recording uh, literally the day after the launch event of Visual Studio 2019. What did you think about the entire event? Is all new this year. Everything was new. Yeah, they, the uh, keynote was totally interesting, totally redone. Scott Hanselman essentially walked around to different areas in Microsoft and do did interviews with the people who were actually involved in building VS 2019, which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. And then, James, I know you had a session at, well, 1 o'clock Pacific time, or is it 1.30? 1.30 or something. 1.30 yeah. Pacific time, which you showed off the latest and greatest stuff in Xamarin. Tried to, at least. Yeah. I mean, that was cool is that we had these 30-minute sessions, and I really enjoyed So the, the keynote was like 45 or 50 minutes, and I love the Redmond campus. I think it's great. He only touched the east side campus, and there's a whole west side campus. And at the same time, if they record another video like that next year, it's going to be a whole new campus. Uh, it is literally a crazy construction zone. Like roads are shut down, just buildings were there, and now they're not. It's it's bananas. Yeah, it's awesome. Every now and then we get emails saying that there's things underneath construction. I know Building 25 is where we are right now. There's been like an email every day saying, watch your head. Yeah. And things might be falling on you. <laughs> yeah. And I really, I really enjoyed it because I like the tree houses, and I, they were in my building in 18, and it was fun. We we the Xamarin part had a uh, probably like about five or so minutes of the keynote, which was really great. Maddie did a great job. It's always great, yeah, seeing the Xamarin get the attention it deserves, and Maddie did. She rocked it. Yeah, it was really cool seeing some of the new features, and also just kind of going through some of the basics and showing Tailwind Traders, which is a really cool reference app using some of the new Xamarin Forms 4.0 stuff and. Cognitive services. And yeah, my session, it was cool because there were 30 minute sessions all live stream on YouTube, Twitch, Mixer, all the places. And we did live QA via Twitter, which is always an experience in itself. Can be fun. You never know what's going to come in. <laughs> you never know. And I really enjoyed that session. I did a complete overview of a lot of just basics like what is Xamarin, how does it fit into .NET, really quick overview of architecture, Xamarin Forms, Xamarin Essentials for anyone new watching. I mean, we have hundreds of thousands of people watching, and I want to make sure that you get a base level. What is this Xamarin, Xamarin thing, right? You know, it's a, it has a weird, funky name. So I know it's been 10 years basically since Xamarin <laughs> has been around and we're everywhere. But, you know, set the, set the base level of the, of the new world of, of Xamarin. And I showed off, yeah, a lot of the new previewer features, a lot of how to debug ASP.NET Core locally against Kestrel and some of the new Xamarin Essential features and how everything's built right in to answer some Q&A. But it's out. I updated all my machines last night from RC to stable, and it was buttery smooth. It took about five minutes. Five minutes, no problems at all. 
And yeah, that was one of the great things I liked reading or not reading, watching the keynote was how small the installer is. Mm-hmm. And that it's the work or workload is down to what now? Just a couple? Well, so it was. It's it's one third the size of the original. And let's get technical, though. So if you had a empty machine, mm-hmm. like you just buy a brand new machine or a new VM, it used to be about 23-ish gigs, roughly. Now it is down to seven gigs. So one third? Yeah, even less than that, I guess. It would be 21, so 23. Now, for me, though, when I went from 2017 and just installed 2019, the Xamarin workload, while it showed up as could be up to seven gigs, it, that's what it could be up to. It actually was only one gig. No way. Yeah, because I already had Android. I already had the emulators. I already had Java installed. Uh, so those are the biggest parts. So it's literally just installing the core Xamarin workloads into there and maybe some other dependencies. But in a nutshell, it can be really small uh, to, to upgrade and install the Xamarin workload. And then can 2017 and 2019 run side by side yet? Oh, yeah, absolutely. They've been forever, forever, yeah, forever. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And there's a whole bunch of yeah different stuff besides that. I mean, I definitely showed off some of the new IntelliCode features, which are in 2017 uh, uh, and, and 2019, but they're in the box, I'm pretty sure. And it works with XAML, which is super great. And I showed off that. Uh, and the new previewer as well with some of our design time data, which no one knew about, I don't think. Uh, but we we have it. The the next the IntelliSense support for the design time data will be fixed in sixteen one. And we just couldn't get it in for sixteen oh, but it totally works out of the box, which is nice. Nice. Yeah. When you were doing the demo yesterday, I'll, I'll admit I was half watching, half doing something else. Classic. And uh, you came in to ask, you know, how did it go? And I said, were you demoing a pure Android app, not a Xamarin Forms app? And he kind of looked at me, hit me in the shoulder and said, no, we, we're doing Xamarin Forms here. Yeah. And it was it was the uh, design time data that got me. I mean, that was brand new stuff. And it was that's really cool looking. Yeah, it's nice. The, the preview works a, a lot better. I mean, it's not going to be the perfect thing because it's still running bits and pieces of the designer surface and, and things can fall over if you're trying to run a bunch of custom code. But it tries to fall back. It tries to be a lot more graceful. And I've had a lot of success with it. Uh, you know, but we did spend a lot of work on iOS and Android too. So I know you have a bunch of stuff written down here with some of the stuff we want to do. You want to talk about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's really cool about iOS that stuck out for me is what we're calling native dynamic library support in the simulator on, on the, actually the, the designer surface. Mm-hmm. And what that means is that a great example is now that Skia Sharp can run in the designer. Yeah. So if you have any uh, like third-party controls that are using Skia Shop, they're going to actually show up, and you can see them running on the designer. So that's pretty neat to see for many of our um, vendors that we have writing controls for yeah. for us. So and another thing that we have running is a bunch of Android previewer improvements, including the AXML designer. The editor is going to work better with the designer. Now, it's just some uh, previewer improvements for that. The IntelliSense connects to the resource files much better. And one other thing is that Android Pie is supported. Officially out of the box. Yeah. Yes. I think it has been for a while, but like it's just included in the box or whatever. Right. I don't right know whatever now. that means. So what is Android Q going to be? What's the uh, sweetness that's going to be there? What is a Q? Quiche? No. Is that, is that a, is that a I don't K? Think that, I think that's more savory than sweet. Well, but yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't even know. know. Maybe, any maybe do we run out now at Q? That's <laughs> it. All right. Yeah. Back yeah. to Visual Studio 2019. Yeah, it wasn't all, you know, a lot of that stuff is across the board, both uh, Mac and uh, Windows. 
But of course, for Visual Studio for Mac, there's a brand new editor you have to opt into. It has been completely rewritten. It has tons of source code sharing between that and the Windows one. So you get all sorts of new light bulbs, just super buttery smooth. Uh, you do have to opt into it because it's brand, brand new. We don't want to, you know, we're trying to get feedback and the team is actively working on it. I hope that drops off and is the default soon, but definitely give it a look. And here's the cool thing about that new editor. It has the Mac OS look and feel to it. So it's going to look a little bit different when you start using it, mm-hmm. but it's the native Mac OS look. Yeah. And that's that's neat. And it is that's where the buttery smoothness, I think, comes from. I'm not sure how they did underneath it, but it's it is faster and it's it's nice. It is. It's because it's built with the native Cocoa like actual app kit user interface. It's mm-hmm. it's an, it's the native user interface. Before it was using GTK Sharp, I believe. Don't quote me on this. But you know, now it's using the built-in native controls, which gives a whole lot of stuff like emoji support, which is very important. Who doesn't put emojis in their code? I do all the time. Ever since I found out about it, it's all emojis. Exactly. Just just, just the code is all emoji. (laughs) Well, you want to get into the latest news, Matt? Yeah, I do. Um, One thing I love about Android, and there's not much I love about Android, no, I love it all the time, is a GlideX. It's a new one from our one of our favorite people, Jonathan Peppers, mm-hmm. the one and only. And so what GlideX does, it's all about images. And images on Android are subpar. Subpar and hard. Yeah. And so Google has it's Glide is a third party library. And what Google did is that they recommend it. And what Jonathan did is that he created GlideX. And GlideX is a, we'll call it a slimmed down version of Glide. It's made for Xamarin Forms. And it really speeds up your image performance and forms. Um, we have a blog out there that shows this. There's a graphic in there where he has, I'm not even sure how many images on there, but it goes from, I'll say a little bit janky to buttery smooth with all those images on there. So yeah, GlideX is super cool. I know he, uh, you and Peppers did a Xamarin show on it and that's linked. We'll put it in show notes too, but that's linked to also on the blog post. And so that's, Super sweet, Glide X all the way. Yeah, it's really nice, and it and it is optimized for Xamarin Forms, but will also work with your just normal Android apps too. So nice. if you're if you're using if you're using maybe Picasso or some other image loader, give this one a look because it it's trimmed down and it doesn't add too much size to your app. Sweet. Talking about components and things that you can integrate, our good friend Jonathan Dick from our components team, he has gone ahead and written a blog post on common questions about the status of all of the different Google-y components for iOS and Android. As an Android developer, for a long time, I know that I'm always integrating in Google Play services and now Firebase services that are required, even though they have nothing to do with Firebase backend. They're just like called Firebase. And then there's the support libraries. And the same thing for iOS now. There's all these different mapping and all these different things that you want me to want to integrate. And on top of that, the support libraries from Google themselves have been going over a transition ever since Google I Google I/O last year. That's a mouthful. <laughs> now Android X is the decoupling of the support libraries into many tiny little NuGet packages of themselves. So Jonathan uh, Jonathan Dick he wrote up a blog post describing the status of each of them, how we're building them in the open in Azure DevOps, where you can browse along with them. They are how they prioritize the different packages based on uh, 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 developer demand and API breakage from the creators, not by us. But if Google deprecates an API then and they force you to use a new package, then, then you have to do that. They do it all the time with iOS. So we prioritize those. 
and of course, the work that we're doing on Android X. You can follow along, and he links to the specific places to give feedback, to monitor on it. It's very nice, just in case you are like, what's going on with this thing? Well, here's what's happening with all the different packages. Nice. Yeah, all you have to do is really go out on GitHub, star it. Yeah. Away you go. Yeah, it's they're doing a ton of work there, and it's really cool to see them out in the open. Yeah, open. The beauty of OSS. Open source. We're all, yep. all about it. Cool. Then, um, James, how do you feel about the wearables? Like Apple Watch. I like wearables. I don't I don't put them on, but I see you have one on right now. I love being interrupted every five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I took mine off. I used to have an Android one and I was like I was sitting in a meeting just right across like we are right now, and I had um my phone sitting on the table, I had my watch on, and I had my browser open and like everything was just dinging and doing things. I was like, I, I gotta stop this. You know, not only do they interrupt you, but what's really cool is I can like unlock my MacBook with it and I just have to get near it. That's cool. Yeah. So it's not all interruptions. <laughs> anyway, so for our Xamarin developers who are building watchOS apps is come in March. Or actually, yeah, March is over now. It's over. Yeah, we have to make sure our watchOS 5 apps are updated to the latest SDKs. And that they also support the Watch 4, Apple Watch 4, because it runs on a new architecture, ah. which is called ARM64 underscore 32. What does that stand for? Is that a thir- is that a sixty four slash thirty two bit processor time? I'm so you, confused. You have to. It has to be right. Yeah, I have no idea. But that is the yep. feature flag that you need to set, I guess. Right, right. Which is just going into the uh, project properties and making sure you have that selected. But it's just something you want to know before you submit any new um, watch extensions to the store that you have that upgraded. Otherwise, they're going to kick it back out to you. And um, also, any iOS iOS apps. You're going to have to support the iPhone XS Max mm. as well. So for people like me who run out to the store and get it right away, can enjoy the goodness of your apps straight off the bat. Nice. Well, that's good. I mean, like I said, it's like as soon as you need to support it, it's there. And this is for like new apps submitted. So good to see that support coming. And that's landed in 2019 and in the latest mm-hmm. version. So you just update, boom, good to go. Done. Now, one other uh, post, these, these, both these posts were by Chris Hammonds, who works on our iOS team. He wrote a very intriguing <laughs> blog post about the Xamarin iOS interpreter, uh, which no one probably is like, wow, you'd see that post. I don't know what does that mean. So, all right. So the iOS interpreter, we're going to have him on our .NET community standup. We'll put that in the show notes. It'll be out uh, by the time this podcast comes out. We record our Xamarin.NET community standups the first Thursday of every month. Uh, so 4-4 four, four would be the when we're doing it. So you can check that out on the .NET Foundation YouTube, which is cool. He's going to come on and talk about it. But what this does is you got to remember applications on iOS are ahead of time compiled. So that means everything about that architecture you know, is ahead of time compiled. It's just bit, bit code running. It has a lot of restrictions, such as assembly load or system reflection emit on device. You just can't do those things because you can't. There's nothing dynamically happening. It's not jitting. It's not doing anything. So the Xamarin team has been working really hard to figure out. Well, how can we do some of these things on the device? So, for instance, we can use the interpreter, which is an experimental piece of software currently, which will work with Visual Studio 2019, uh, and uh, what it allows you to do is do assembly load, system reflection emit and um, some dynamic types in your code, which is cool if you're using some libraries that require that. So this, of, you know, is only 64-bit support, which is totally fine. So 
Uh, and there's a few known limitations about aisle stripping. But if you're in this mode or you just got to do some things, such as uh, use Entity Framework, for instance, uh, on your iOS device, then this is where this really comes into play and tries to make it so more than anything, if you just have .NET code, it should run and work the same across the board. So if you are in that world of deep, technical, crazy emitting of code, give it a look. That's what I was going to say. What's cool is that we have people a lot more smarter than I am working on this stuff so I can take all the credit when I write apps. There you go. <laughs> so one thing that I do know a little bit more about is Xamarin Forms Visual, which helps make your apps look the same across the platforms. Mm-hmm. And um, our Forms PM, David Artnell, ran this, what we're calling the Visual Challenge. Now, this ended on March 31st. But what it was is that you could go through, and if you had an app that you needed to make look the same before using Visual on each of the platforms, so let's say you had, well, an iOS app and an Android app, and you before were trying to make them look the same, what David wanted you to do is submit a pull request into a Visual Challenge repository showing this new app looking the same using Visual, our new um, library with uh, Xamarin Forms. So, like I said, it ended on March 31st, but right now is a great way to go to that um repo and see how people are using Visual. It's a great learning tool mm-hmm. that we have out there. Um, we have a blog post written all up with, with a link to the repository out on GitHub and the Visual Challenge. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, I go through that. I was going through this as it goes, and everyone that any single person that uh, entered a valid pull request got a sticker pack, and the first 18 people got a Xamarin Monkey. I have to do all the shipping of these, so that'll be fun. Um, but yeah, anywhere across the world. So I was really, really into that. And what's nice about it is that, yeah, you can go through all of these, and they're all a little bit different. Some people built full applications, like here's a Twitter clone, and some people built you know, just a simple login screen. But it's fun to go through and just kind of see what people built, and they put in little images and kind of got to see everything across the board. And it was really fun. And I know we're going to do more of these challenges. And we don't call it a contest. Everybody wins because across the globe, there are different laws about contests. So if we make it a challenge where anyone can win by some, you're not even winning, you, you just get stuff for doing stuff. So um, yeah, it's, it's really nice. And so I really enjoy seeing a lot of these things come into play. And I hope we, we make a nice little showcase page or updates the readme with all of them. So yeah, definitely check it out. Because uh, I love the new visual stuff. And you don't have to use it everywhere, but you can use it uh, here and there. Yeah. And things look great with the visuals. Yeah, I mean, just out of the box, just pop it in and things just start looking really cool. Yeah, I've been building Hanselman Forms on Twitch, uh, but rebuilding it from scratch with a lot of the visual elements of it. And it's really great for like little buttons and little data entry. The frames are really great. I've been using them for all sorts of different uh, things, such as like circles. You can have a frame that's like, let's say, 40 by 40, but then say, you know, corner radius of 20 and it's a perfect circle and mm-hmm. it has cool drop shadow just kind of works kind of nice i know it's yet another element but it's, it's nice on the screen I, I like it now to go along with sort of not just the launch of visual studio 2019 but in the ever sort of uh giving back to the community and providing great content and great assets to the community been working really hard on some new content with the team. So the first thing is that there is an official .NET swag repo. Did you know this? Not till just now. No. So the swag repo, it's not a repo where you just magically get swag, but it is a repo from .NET that contains official assets and logos and artwork 
for not only .NET and .NET Bot and different little pro- uh, different products that the .NET team makes, but also from community like .NET Foundation projects like Poly and Prism and Reactive Extensions. And you know what's part of .NET? Xamarin. Xamarin. <laughs> so there is now a beautiful, beautiful Xamarin landing page with um, uh, great readme, uh, great logos, spacing considerations, our colors, our swatches. There's not only logos and icons inside there, but also all the sticker assets that I use to print from Sticker Mule, which is uh, what I use to, to print off stuff. Or you can submit these PDFs anywhere and get those great uh, Zamagons and Xamarin logos printed off for you. So they're all right there. That's awesome. So anybody can just go out, submit these PDFs to whatever sticker company they use and yep. get 5,000 Xamarin stickers. That's right. And we're also working really hard with the .NET Foundation and multiple aspects, uh, the .NET and Xamarin team, um, because the, the .NET Foundation uh, supports over like 250 user groups around the globe for .NET and Xamarin, of course. And what's great about that is that we offer up swag drops basically for user groups. So we are going to be integrating in brand new packages for user group leaders that are throwing events to get .NET and C Sharp and F Sharp and Xamarin swag. Nice. Yeah, we're going to be putting the Xamarin stickers and t-shirts on the .NET Foundation store. So you can actually just go get it from there. You don't even have to submit anything and they'll ship across the globe, uh, which is really nice. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. And to top it off, the final thing I want to talk about is the .NET Foundation sort of kind of has a nice, like, here's a bunch of great community things that are happening. uh, But they also try to curate great community resources like that user group. But they also have .NET presentations. They call them events in a box. So there's workshops and also presentation decks. And I agonized for about three months on this deck, but it is a brand new introduction to mobile development with Xamarin deck. It is a choose your own adventure type of deck because it has about 75 slides. They're all sectioned though. So you can kind of see the different parts as much as you want. So you can pick and pull. And I have a demo app included in it, but also demo walkthroughs. Uh, So you can do a demo walkthrough with no audio or with audio so you can do it back yourself or if you're just like hey i'm just i don't have everything set up but i just want to show it off and talk through it just play a video and it's embedded right into it which is really nice so it's all available and there's a few other xamarin ones on the .NET foundation presentations site sweet so are the videos more they can be we can just play them at a user group or they can be like a train the trainer where you learn how to do the demo before you present which is awesome is that i Gave you some feedback on the demo, and then I totally, when I stole some slides, Good. I had to do a presentation for my cloud advocate group, did one with what is Xamarin, and I took picked my own adventure, took some slides from it, and it went over great. Nice. Yeah. So let's move into the world of cloud in the Xamarin show. Yeah. So James is part of the YouTube Xamarin channel, which... <laughs> Which we haven't announced yet, <laughs> but we can announce right now. Yeah, we're, right. we're bringing back the Xamarin YouTube channel. You'll see a lot more of it in the next few weeks. Um, and we are re- uh, kind of rebranding it, giving it some, it's called the Xamarin Developers YouTube. Uh, and all the shows will move over. Right now we have the Xamarin Show, Xamarin Forms 101, Xamarin Essentials API, and I believe perhaps some new shows. Brand new show called Partly Cloudy. Boom. What's that about? Well, it's about part of the cloud show where we just talk about how to develop with the cloud and Xamarin mobile apps and partly not. 
where we talk about other development topics with mobile, such as not being connected to the cloud, disconnected, uh, we have to sync our data, and also like mobile DevOps and such stuff like that. Now, we're calling it the Xamarin Developers YouTube channel. I wanted to call it the Microsoft Mobile.net YouTube Visual Developers <laughs> Service channel. Service back one. Yeah. But we went with a shortened name. Yeah. So anyways, that's going to be a pretty cool show. It's going to be on YouTube. It's going to be, what, 15 minutes to a half hour. We're going to do it once a week, um, maybe more, but we'll commit to once a week right now. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm excited to to not only just have, I've been creating so much Xamarin content on Channel 9 and on YouTube for a long time, and now we have this great space, which has been there, and, and we're cleaning it up, and we're, you know, there's all the, you can find old Xamarin Evolve videos, of course, but there's all these you know, videos from years upon years ago, and we're grouping them up. It's going to be very clean. So if you go to the Xamarin Developers YouTube page, which we'll put in the link, you should subscribe. We already have about 40,000 subscribers, um, and we're trying to grow that, and we're going to be putting great content. So it's not just me, it's not just you, but we have Xamarin's across the globe. So Maddie and David and Pierce and others will be part of those shows that I mentioned. So you can find great Xamarin content uh, every single every single week. One-stop shop. Yeah. Sweet. And then another thing I wanted to talk about, and this isn't 100% the latest news, but it's from a couple of weeks ago and um, SignalR. And SignalR is like I guess the best way to call it is real-time communications. It's kind of like WebSockets. In fact, it does use WebSockets part of the time. And it's in Azure Functions now. It's, um, mm-hmm. There's actual binding in Azure Functions. And so I'll take a step back and talk about bindings in Azure Functions just in case people are wondering about that. And what that does is you can put a attribute on your Azure Function definition, and then the function's runtime takes care of newing up your signal our client for you and passes it in as a parameter. Mm. So that's what the binding does. And so what we have now is that you can put signal R right in your function and a function will react to events. So let's say you had a Cosmos DB record being inserted, right? Let's mm-hmm. say a stock price change yeah. or a temperature change. So now your Cosmos DB record gets inserted, signal R catches that, broadcasts it out to all of your Xamarin clients who happen to be connected to it. Oh, cool. Yeah, so that's pretty neat. And there also happens to be a SignalR streaming API, which totally works with all your Xamarin apps. So I think it was maybe last week that Brady Gaster showed it off on um, the .NET community stand-up. The ASP.NET community ASP. stand-up. ASP.NET community mm-hmm. stand-up, which is really cool. We'll link to that in the show notes. And um, again, what that kind of does is it takes fragments that come in over time and so your client doesn't need to be connected all the time and just kind of shoots them out. Yeah, that'd be cool, especially that's probably would be super helpful, like stock, ticker, things like that. You know, I could easily track my Dogecoin. Who's not connected to the Dogecoin? Yeah, you got to get lots of Dogecoin. I mean, this, it just literally went up 35% in the last day. So, so many Doge everywhere. It's like Dogecoin, the minor league for Bitcoin. I, I am not in the cryptocurrency stuff. I only own Doge and that's it. Uh, and nothing else, <laughs> but uh, only as a joke because my manager told me never to buy Doge. So then I went out and bought a bunch of Doge. That makes sense. So, yeah. And also maybe because like one day we'll own a Shiba Inu, but you, you never know. But <laughs> I was going to do it, Matt. I mean, really with tons of news, Visual Studio launch, go get it. But, you know, we like to end with a pick of the week. Pick of the week. Pick of the pod. What you got for me? I have one. I was just talking to one of our MVPs yesterday, Dan Siegel, mm-hmm. and wouldn't it be a podcast if I didn't talk about Azure B2C? Oh, an classic. authentication. Yeah. Yep. You wouldn't be you without I wouldn't Azure. be me, right? And Dan has this 
module for Prism, which does makes B2C authentication super easy. Mm-hmm. And I just found out about it yesterday, um, downloaded it, plugged it in, and sure enough, it makes authentication super easy. All you're plugging in is you just put in a JSON file and it just works. Put in the JSON file with your um, with your constants, like your uh, ex- name. <laughs> tenant name, tenant, uh, your ex- URL, and, and there it goes. Nice. Very easy, yeah. He actually showed that to me. We recorded a a Xamarin uh, show together at the MVP summit, and he was showing that off. It was very, very cool, the different modules, and kind of taking that to the next level. I thought that was cool. So um, what else do we have? So for me, I would say, I mean, obviously Visual Studio 2019 is pretty great as just a pick. That's <laughs> a huge pick of the pod. Pick of the pod. Go install this new IDE. That's my pick <laughs> of the pod. It's an easy one this month because um, it's really good. I'm really enjoying it. I've It's my default. And in fact, on most of my machines, I've un- uninstalled 2017 because uh, there's like all the platform support comes over and everything I need in it is there. And I've been using it for months in preview. So I really, really enjoy it. I, I definitely would recommend it. And, you know, there's a community edition, pro edition. All the features are there. Now code lens um, for things are inside the community edition and pro. Uh, it's no longer an enterprise feature, uh, which is nice. Um, you know, your subscription moves over. So why not? No reason literally There's not to. nothing to lose. And let's not forget about IntelliCode where it pretty much tells you what to code. Yeah. Live share. It's all Live there. Live share. All the everything. Things. So yeah, give it a look. It's really, really good. And also you're going to get tons of great performance boosts and faster build times. I mean, got to move. Got to move with the cheese. So the Wisconsin cheese. Wisconsin cheese. James, you remember back when... Um, the Visual Studios release and it came out on CDs. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we're surrounded by the. Or releases. we're surrounded by now. Yeah, how can you not remember? Yeah, I used to go when I worked at Canon. I would go on to the MSDN download page and I would sit there for hours upon hours as I downloaded an ISO and then I would boot up the ISO and then and then try to get it because I don't want the physical disk. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, that was it. Now it's lickily split. Don't have to worry about one, it. One click, go, go. All right, Matt. Well, that's, I think, going to do it for this week's Xamarin Podcast. The Xamarin Podcast. Yeah. Where can people find you? People can find me at CodeMailMatt on Twitter. Same thing on GitHub. Nice. You can find me all over the place at James Montemagno on Twitter, on Twitch, streaming all the time. You can go to my blog, Montemagno.com, blog.xamarin.com, xamarinpodcast.com. Like, subscribe, do all the things that, you know, you want to do to support the show. Wonderful, James. We'll see you in May. See you in May. Cheers.